Penn and the best Penn's coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Break the wall! Break down the walls! During warm-up at the Penguins game last night, there were literally 10 or 12 kids at the glass holding up signs. I need a puck. I need a stick. I need a jersey. I need this. I need that. Those little brats needed everything but health insurance. And if they'd run into me, well, never mind. Those entitled brats need, they need to get back to their seats and have a nice hot cup of shut the hell up. You'll get nothing and like it. You parents out there should be embarrassed. You're raising a generation of beggars. I need this. I need that. I need, I need, I want, I want. I bet the parents made half the signs. It's disgusting. And don't forget, these kids were down at the glass. These are rich kids in the expensive seats. And they're begging. I need, I need, I need. Gimme, 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 gimme. Hey, brats, get back to your seats because you just made the list. No kidding, that crap drives me insane. Absolutely insane. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing, Con on a name you can trust. Call 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning needs. I need this. I need that. It's my first game. Can I have a puck? I remain convinced, by the way, that Kiss Cam is a grotesque invasion of privacy. But if I were younger, I would dance for a dilly bar. 412-333-WXDX. When are we going to see a gay couple on Kiss Cam? A couple of guys, a couple of girls are at the game. Why don't they get the kiss on Kiss Cam? Why do they get their privacy respected? Seriously, remember there was a big fuss. Was it in Pittsburgh? I think it was in Pittsburgh. It's happened in a couple of NHL cities for Kiss Cam. They'll find two male fans... Not, this happened years ago because we don't do this anymore and shouldn't. But they would, like, find two male fans, you know, both wearing, like, last night, it would have been Canadians jerseys. And they'll put them on kiss cam, you know, implying that they're gay. That's kind of a rotten thing to do. I mean, back when, people laughed, but it's kind of a rotten thing to do because you're disrespecting those two guys and you're disrespecting the concept of being gay. I remember one time, where were we? We were on the road, Pittsburgh, and they put Kasparitis and Morozov on the bench on Kiss Cam, and Morozov had no idea what was going on, and Kasparitis leaned over and kissed him on the helmet. But we need gay couples on Kiss Cam. Come on, it's, 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 it's the new millennium. It's 20, what year is it? 2018. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. You know what I keep going back and forth on? Earlier on, I said about putting Sid on a line with Hornquist and Gensel, and then Malkin plays with Kessel and, and somebody, Haglin maybe. That's a tough call because I remain convinced that's the way that they should do it. It's certainly the way I would do it. I can quote Kevin Stevens, and this isn't in relevance to this, but this is like way back when, in a situation like this with the Penguins. Oh, no, you know what it was? 
It was when Staggy wanted to put Gino and Sid on separate power plays when the power play wasn't working one year. And we're down in the uh, media room, and, and, and Artie's busy. He goes, Staggy, what, what's, what's wrong with you? Hockey's been around for like, what, 100 years? You know what you do on the power play? You put your best five guys out there, and they figure it out. You got like the two best guys in the league, and you want to put them like on, on – they're not out there at the same time? Staggy, come on. I mean, you know better. You know better. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Got to get a couple plugs in. Uh, first off, I'm going to Junior A Hockey tonight. Playoffs. The North American Tier 3 League at Harmerville. The Pittsburgh Vengeance, coached by my buddy Dave Dorsey. And with uh, my, my friend's kid, Spencer Smith, on the team. They take on the Metro Jets. First game of a big playoff series. That's tonight at Harmerville Alpha Ice Arena. Great rink. And Gino's Pizzeria is right next door with the best Buffalo chicken pizza ever. And if you've got a deck hockey team or a roller hockey team, enter your team in Pittsburgh's biggest tournament. It's April 27th through the 29th at RMU Island Sports Center on Neville Island. Email for details on how to enter your team. Supergenius at WXDX.com. I've had people email me say, my team stinks. Would get killed. Okay, if you think that, come down to this year's tournament, and when you see some of these teams, you'll want to enter next year. we got some good teams. We've got some bad teams. The good teams play in one group. The bad teams play in another group. It's family fun for everybody. No, it's, it's a really good tournament, and that's the best facility going, the RMU Island Sports Center. Let's go to uh, Jeff and Mars. Jeff, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. I don't like to call normally in because I know you don't care about people that, that agree with your opinion, but I, I laughed out loud when you talked about uh, the kids um, protesting and the kiss cam. Uh, there's got to be some type of uh, opportunity here where we combine the two of them. And we have... <laughs> kiss, kiss cam and the kids begging. Well, we have, we have the kids kissing... Oh, uh, no, no, get out, get, see you later, see you later. Don't go there, please. You know what, if I was like, and this is where I think I would have made a really good parent. If I'd like a 12-year-old kid, I would say, buddy, I want you to go down to those kids with the signs and suplex every one of them until the cops break it up. I figured I'd have a big husky kid. I figured you could take a few kids up in the German elevator before the, the security got there. Let's go to Matt in Ohio Township. Matt, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good. Hey, just calling. Uh, my actual season tickets for the Penguins are in row B, right behind where uh, the Pens warm up. And it's gotten so bad that really we don't come till right before faceoff because basically you just got to push people around to get to your seat. I would have the usher come and say, get these brats out of here. Well, we've done it. The worst thing is if you catch a puck actually during the game because you have about 10 people come up and say, hey, give it to my kid and so on. I have a couple kids at home. I'd, I'd like to give the puck. Oh, my them. God. If I were to die, I don't have kids. I'd keep the puck anyway. I'd say, your kids, your rich kids, died in expensive seats, can kiss my ass in hell. In fact, I want a videotape of you telling these parents that your kid can kiss their your ass in hell. All right, look for that in the playoffs. How old are your kids? One and four. Now, would you be interested in raising them to beat the crap out of these kids with the signs? Uh, we'll see if it gets to that point one day. Oh, it will. Believe me, it will. 
we got a bunch of calls on this topic. God bless us, everyone. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about this next. And Bill Burr at 530-1059. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double S, big fan, man. Thanks. If you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself? I would. I'd be delicious. Ditto. The X at 105.9. We got Bill Burr in just a little bit. He's hilarious. Right now, let's talk to Mark in Illinois. Mark, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How you doing today? Terrific. I'm surprised they didn't go and put any gay couples on the kiss cam whenever they actually had the uh, hockeyest for everyone. Because I know on the television feed, they kept on showing a couple of lesbian girls nonstop on every chance they got. Really? Yeah. They were sitting there waving around the uh, rainbow flag and everything. Good for them. Hockey is indeed for everyone. I think, you know, obviously I'm saying that in jest to a degree, not because I... I don't think gay couples should be included on Kiss Cam. They should be embarrassed as hetero couples, if, if possible. But because, how do you really tell? You know what I mean? Well, when it, someone's it, sitting there just waving a uh, gay pride Well, yeah, yeah, on that it. night, on, you're right. I'm surprised the gay couple wasn't included on Kiss Cam. On, uh, on, uh, it wasn't gay pride night. That wasn't what they called it. They called it hockey is for everyone night. About hockey being inclusive, which hockey is and everything should be. Let's go to Jake from State Farm. What are you wearing, Jake? Jake, what are you wearing? Okay, Jake's not there, and that sucks. He's usually a decent caller. Leaves the line open, 412-333-9939. I wish I was going to do Kiss Cam on this show. Let's go to Sam on Mount Lebanon. Sam, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Hey, Sam. Samantha, right? Uh, Sam. Okay, go ahead. I actually wanted to thank you for mentioning the kiss cam again, not to harp on the subject too much. No, no. As, go ahead. Like, as a queer person, it's really easy to get discouraged to going to sporting events because you hear a lot of gay jokes at the expense of us. Do you, you, know, do you really still to this day in the stands? Hmm? In the stands you do. Um, it, It's more like a general thing. Like, whenever you hear people talking about players, sometimes they, like, will insult their... Oh, you're um, right. If, if, a play, like, if, a player's like cons- if a player's considered to be soft, you'll hear, yeah. the, you'll hear the other F-bomb, right? All the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know, and that, that. that's terrible. Yeah, so just for being inclusive and just, like, mentioning how inclusive hockey is, I had to call and thank you for that. Well, you know what? I'm supposed to be the bad guy, but when it comes to stuff that really counts, I'm the good guy. And I've proven that again today, haven't I, Sam? You are. You're still annoying, but I agreed with you. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much for the call. Good stuff. <laughs> okay, bye. We got time for one more call? Do we have one more call? No, we don't. So let's go get ready for... It's going to be hilarious. He is the hottest comedian in the country. He's a big Ric Flair fan. I love when he goes on like Conan and Jimmy Fallon, especially Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon's scared to death of what he'll say next. He's in Pittsburgh on April 6th, two shows at the Benetton. Bill Burr just around the corner. Comedian and Boston sports fan. Bill Burr up next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You don't have an option. You think it's the you show? It's the me show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Come on. The lights, the robe, the hair, the woo! The X at 105.9. My guest right now is doing two shows at the Benetton Center in downtown Pittsburgh on April 6th. 
He is America's number one comedian and the number one Boston sports fan. It's a pleasure to welcome back Bill Burr. Bill, are you the number one Boston sports fan? Where do you rank compared to Bill Simmons and guys like that? Oh, I'm not even close to those guys. That's literally their life. You know, I'm just, and they actually know what they're talking about. So those are two big areas where I lose. I'm just sort of the loud guy at the bar who makes sense for like 10 minutes, and then you gradually figure out I probably flunked everything in high school, and you need to just sort of sit and laugh at me. <laughs> well, you're the lifeblood of my industry, to, to be sure. And we haven't talked since the Patriots lost the Super Bowl. And, and Bill, I'm not gloating. I'm actually kind of pissed you lost to Philadelphia. What happened there? I, I, I don't think anybody knows. That was the weirdest game. That was like a team in September where, like, like you know, they say defense wins championships. I, I, I said it was, it was the, I, one of the ugliest games I've seen. It's not because my team lost, but, like, Philly fans are giving me a rough time on Twitter going, dude, Nick Foles owned you with, like, 300-something yards. It's like, dude, that was a pedestrian day compared to Brady threw for over 500 yards and <laughs> lost. There was one defensive play the whole game, and that ended up winning it. There was like two punts. It was, dude, it was just ugly. I have to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't believe in the Patriots this year when we lost that game against you guys. And then for some stupid reason, they said that touchdown, you know, was that it? When he caught the ball, was, did he really catch it? You know, that game? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jesse James. Yeah. They, they ruled it no catch because the catch rules all screwed up. Yeah. Like literally receivers don't even know what is the catch anymore. But anyway. <laughs> We went ahead in that game. As always, Tom Brady leads us ahead, right? And the very next play, in December, we gave up 90 yards on a screen pass. And I'm like, oh, this, this team's not winning the Super Bowl. And the next thing you know, we're in it. And I'm thinking, like, and we're playing Philly. And God knows they always lose. I think we actually got a shot at this. Um, I was actually worried that we were going to, the way they shut down um, – you know, Minnesota the week before, and like I said, the 90-yard screen pass. If that happens in September, maybe early October, I feel like Bill Belichick is good enough to turn that around, but even as good as he is. Um, and also, when the, when the game starts and one of your players is crying and, it has not, not, and he didn't lose a loved one, that was probably another sign of like, hey, this might be a little weird today. The only thing I, I don't like that Philly won was they beat my team, and I, and I really like to see – cities that haven't won one haven't won one in a long time uh win one but i couldn't enjoy it because they beat my team so a lot of people think i don't like philly because of that rant I, it just i was getting booed in philly so i, I just attacked what they love but I, I never really had a beef with them well here's kind of a, a turning point a, a contradiction in that game how come the philadelphia quarterback caught the touchdown pass and brady didn't that was big because brady brady's like 500 years old when Brady stands in the pocket, he looks like an astronaut. The second he starts running, you like you see his age. And he sits there and he talks about how, but listen to the thing. I love it. Like, Tom Brady, like, no matter what he does, like, people are still going to give him credit. The guy threw for 500 yards. He's supposed to catch a pass, too? <laughs> how about the Patriots stop the Eagles once in 58 drives in that game? Like, uh, I actually, the weirdest, both teams deserve to get blown out. It kind of reminded me of, like, an old Chargers Dolphins game when Dan Marino and Dan Fouts were there. Sorry, my kid's going crazy. She doesn't know words yet, so she just sort of <laughs> Like most of my audience, actually. <laughs> there you go. It does seem sometimes, and, and I'm neither a Brady fan nor a critic, but it does seem like sometimes no matter what he does, people expect more. 
How can you not be a Tom Brady fan? That's like me as a Red Sox fan not liking Derek Jeter. I mean, at some point, you've got to get past the uniform and be like, this guy is one of the greatest to ever do it. Oh, no, I think he is the greatest ever to do it, period. I understand that. I understand what you're saying. You guys have had some tough games because even when you beat us, you still lost. <laughs> because you guys, you guys won that game, man. That game was... That, that, Bill, that's the best way it's been put. The Steelers won, but they still lost. That, that hits the nail right on the head. Well, I mean, yeah. When that guy caught that touchdown pass that they said he didn't catch, that everybody saw. I love when they catch the ball and then they, they you stretch it out. It's because you're trying to score a touchdown. You're supposed to do that, right? Yeah. And I love how, like, the ground can't cause a fumble, but if you catch it, it can. It doesn't make any sense. Like that, that Des Bryant one from a few years ago, that playoff game. That was weird that year because the week before, the Cowboys won because of that bad rule. And then the next, next week, they lost. So I guess that's sort of justice. But, like, I don't know. I think if somebody catches the ball, it's a catch. That's how it was when I was a kid. If you caught it, it was a catch. Yeah, there really wasn't a debate on the playground, was there? Well, I think they, they changed the rule because they were trying to, like, uh, stop these types of debates and arguments and make it clear-cut, and they got so anal about it. Like I said, literally, like, players don't even know what's a catch and what isn't. And um, I'll tell you another one. The tuck rule was stupid. That was a fumble. That was a fumble. That was just a – I don't understand. Like, you're holding the ball. A guy slaps it out of your hand. That's a fumble. Like, why was that uh, – I guess because it had to do with, like, the throwing motion. I don't know who the hell came up with the tuck rule. I almost feel like they did it on purpose just to create controversy um, so people will still be talking about it 20 years later. We're talking to Bill Burr. He's playing two shows at the Benetton Center in downtown Pittsburgh on April 6th. Uh, uh, Bill, the Benetton's a real fancy room. Is that how you know you've made it when you come out on stage and you look up and see a crystal chandelier? Oh, yeah. Whenever you play places like that, it, it actually gets me in my head when I see how beautiful they are and, I'm, and then think about what I'm about ready to say. I'm like, should I? <laughs> I don't think I should be working here, man. So I don't, unfortunately, I don't know what this place is, uh, and people are making a big deal about it. I'm glad I, I'm not aware of it, so I won't, <laughs> I'll be just blissfully ignorant until I get there. So I won't be nervous until I walk into the place. Now, you're playing two shows early and late. I've often wondered. Do you do the same show both times? Because I, I doubt many people stay for both, but still, there's probably a couple. Um, I mean, obviously, it's going to be roughly the same, but I always switch it up. But switching it up can also be scary. I did that the other night. I, I did my act frontwards, and then I did it backwards. And then from the second show, like but towards the end, I was like, I can't. did I already do this joke? I can't even remember. <laughs> so I would just sort of introduce the subject and listen for like a little trickle of laughter. And I'd be like, okay, they're still laughing, so I haven't talked about this one. Now, when are you going to be on Better Call Saul? Because uh, we need to see Kubi and Ewell, the A-team, back in action. Any any prospects for that? Uh, the best prospect is for you guys to keep watching that great show, and I figure the closer they work to um, their way back to them being in Albuquerque, right. I feel like I'll, uh, I'll, it comes to – but I don't know what my, my guy's backstory is. I remember watching one of the final episodes, and Dean Norris was his character was talk. Hank was talking about my character, going that Patrick Kuby guy, that uh, that carrot top from Boston, and I, that was the first time I heard my character's first name. I literally was by myself, stood up from the couch, going, "My name's Patrick." 
<laughs> I'm from Boston. And then that made that train robbery scene make sense to me. Because I remember when we, we robbed the train, and I was dressed like a cowboy, and I, I kept asking uh, Vince Gilligan, going, hey, you want me to do like a southern accent or anything? And he was going like, no, man, just talk how you talk. Talk how you talk. And I didn't get it until I watched it. And I saw myself in a cowboy shirt with a Boston accent. And, I, and then I realized, I was like, oh, that was the joke, that this guy just put the clothes on, but he still talked like he was from Boston. So it was clearly, you know, this guy's full of crap um, conning these guys. So the thing is, basically, that guy's so much infinitely smarter than I am that I, literally as a comedian, I didn't even get the joke he was doing until after I saw it edited. Now, I saw you on Conan not long ago, and you talked about not being allowed to make fun of the military. And I'll tell you, you hit the nail on the head with that one. You almost expect to be dragged away if you don't give a standing O every time the military's mentioned. But here's the thing. It's not by the military. They love it. They think it's hilarious. Like, I do all that stuff saying, dude, they're not all heroes. Some of them sit in a camouflage cubicle ordering <laughs> grenades at M16s. They don't actually... You know, they never see any battle. I, I talked to this. I met this guy one time. He, he was in the Marines. All he did was play drums. He was in the band. So he played like the vice president on and off the uh, the helicopter. And he's laughing, going, yeah, walking through the airport, getting standing ovations because I feel like an idiot. <laughs> so, but, you know, you know how it is. It's, it, I think this country also is, still has a lot of guilt on the way the troops were treated after Vietnam. So it's now gone. In, so I think if, if you tease them at all, it becomes that. And, uh, and then also I think the powers that be have also wrapped in that if you criticize where the rich people are sending the military, then that means you're in ISIS now. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a brilliant, it's a brilliant thing that they've done. With it, but it's not, it's not, in the short run it's brilliant, but in the long run it isn't because we're kind of spending a billion dollars a month, it seems, to fight like 3,500 a-holes that are like trading on a jungle gym. That's what kills me about these guys is they we're not fighting a country, so you can't get them. Like when we fought the Germans and the Japanese, they were they had a place where they were, and you could just annihilate that, and then it, you know, or they annihilated us, and then it was over. This is just like I don't know what it is. It's like whack-a-mole that cost <laughs> cost a billion dollars a month. So. I'm down with the cause. It's just, you know, I'm a frugal son of a gun, and, and I just look at this on paper, the money that we're spending versus what they're spending. We're coming at them with, like, billion dollars worth of military stuff, and they're showing up like, like, like a bag of fireworks. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know how we financially sustain this thing. Well, Bill, I watch a lot of late-night TV, and I love it when you're on because – you actually make the host nervous. Conan, Jimmy Fallon, they actually kind of quake with anticipation, wonder what you're going to say next. No, no, they kid me. Those guys have interviewed tens of thousands of people. They are, they're totally... Conan is so good at what he does that you, you're thinking he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. If you watch him and Andy, how good they are, it's like they're old school guys, man, where like if you're doing bad, they jump in and save you. If you're killing it, they just let you kill. That's like the Johnny Carson thing when he realized if you were killing, the show was killing, and he got out of the way. And Fallon's the same way. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, some of the stuff I say, if, if they were coming along for the ride, it kind of takes the edge off of it. So if they kind of pull back, too, it, it's sort of like a good cop, bad cop thing that they're doing. And, Bill, finally, uh, you're a big Ric Flair fan. Uh, you met him, uh, uh, and I was there, too, at the Marilyn Mew golf thing a couple years ago. 
Did you see his 30 for 30 special? I'm kind of curious to your take on that if you saw it. I went to the premiere. I was doing a movie called Front Runner starring Hugh Jackman about the Gary Hart story directed by Jason Reitman. If I can hike that, that's going to be coming out later this year. I was just in town, and it just so happened that there was a 30 for 30. His premiere was there, and it was... uh, I thought it should have been longer, like another an extra hour. How do you sum up Ric Flair in an hour or not, even 90 minutes? But I, I also just loved how unapologetic he was about his, uh, you know, how like, I, I was just refreshing to see somebody say that they weren't a family man and just be like, yeah, man, I was just bored. And there's a lot of people, men and women, who should not get married and have kids, but they feel this pressure to do it. Because everybody else does it, and then, you know, they do like, you know, the troops to stand, like everybody gives parents a standing ovation, um, just like assuming that, like, they're doing this heroic thing, and a lot of them aren't good at it. <laughs> so that's the one thing that I took out of it, because I had heard a lot of the stories, but um, I thought it was really honest, and they showed him warts and all, and... Um, and I think if you did that to anybody, you know, because I know some Ric Flair fans maybe thought they went too hard with some of his tragedies and stuff like that or shortcomings. But I, 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 I liked it because it really, I saw the human side of him. And he's such a great guy when you meet him. It's like there's so many people you meet, you think, oh, God, I wish I didn't meet him. He's not one of those guys. You meet Ric Flair, you're like, you love him even more. It's awesome. Bill, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Good stuff. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. We'll see you. That's Bill Burr. He's at the Benedum. Two shows. Go to both. He'll do the second one backwards and confuse himself, even if you love it. That's April 6th at the Benedum Center. Early show and late show. 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. Churches performed on the Honda stage, and Honda's proud to feature exclusive performances from breakout band Churches. Check out their new single, Get Out. Exclusive access to performances are at iHeartRadio.com slash Honda Stage. Wherever your path takes you, Honda celebrates the creativity and drive it takes to get there. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, man? There's always been an unspoken dynamic. I am a lot smarter than you. Okay, so maybe it's a spoken dynamic. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. It's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-9930. I forgot to plug that at the end of Bill Burr, so catch up. Dial now. Ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. Let's go to Scooch and Hopewell. Scooch, ask Mark anything. You're on the air. Hey, Mark. What up? Hey, who's this uh, Drew Folletta jabroni that you're in like a Twitter? Oh, uh, I don't want to talk about Twitter wars. You got something else? I don't know. I I, I just see it. And, like, yeah, I see you later. We'll talk about Twitter on Twitter. We'll talk about stuff that's interesting on the radio. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Uh. One thing you got to understand about Twitter and the way I approach it, it's totally disposable. Nothing on there means anything. The only real useful function of Twitter is to get information out there. Like I plug who's going to be on the show. I uh, tweet links to articles and columns I've written, blogs and so forth. That's what Twitter's useful for. All the other stuff is just crap. It is just crap. It doesn't matter at all. 
So whenever you read me on Twitter, <laughs> keep that in mind. 412-333-9930. The calls are steaming in now. Can we get them up on time for me to actually talk to somebody before the show's over? That's an interesting question because we got the Mike Sullivan show at 6 o'clock. Now, I wonder, will that just cut in on me while I'm talking or is it just, okay, good, good. I was kind of making faces of Bob through the window here. Okay, let's go to Wee Day, whatever that means. Wee Day. Ask Mark anything. Mark, what good is a toaster if you don't have any cheese? I don't get it. It's of no use whatsoever. It should be taken out on the back patio and smashed into a thousand pieces. Okay, good call. I, I have no idea what that guy was talking about. And here's the worst part. I just looked at his caller ID. He's on the Pitt Athletic Board. Big meeting tomorrow. You know, call it a gut feeling. I think they're going to go back to Sean Miller. I don't know what he'll say when they do. I think they're going to go back to Sean Miller. I really do. I just think they see that's the only way out where the general public in Pittsburgh won't be booing the decision is to get Sean Miller. Let's go to Brian on the south side. Brian. You're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How are you doing this evening? What up, man? Uh, who do you think the Penguins' chief rival is uh, playoff time? The one that could give them the most problems? Well, that that and being a rival are two, are two different things. Are you asking me who their toughest opponent would be? I mean, narrow it yeah. down. In, in, the, in, in the first two rounds, how, you know, what do you mean? Well, obviously, they could beat Washington. They're in... The, the, heads, tough, the toughest team in the Eastern Conference for them would be Boston. That would be the toughest matchup. Tampa would be the second toughest. The toughest matchup in the uh, Metro Division would be Washington simply because even though they beat them all the time, they're still a very talented team. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let's go to Jason in the car. Jason, ask Mark anything. What up, man? What up, man? Uh, Mark, who is your favorite comedian of all time? My favorite comedian right now is Bill Burr, who I just spoke with. I think he's the funniest guy out there right now. Uh, okay. I like Jerry Seinfeld right now. I go to see him when he's in Vegas. I, I love Jim Gaffigan. Maybe that's just because he was on that 70s show as a regular for a, a year or so, but I think he's tremendous. Uh, my favorite comedians of all time, easy, George Carlin and Richard Pryor. Thank you. Ebony and Ivory. Let's take one more, then call it a day. Tommy in the truck. Tommy. Good day, sir. What's up? Mark, can you tell us why you quit saying good day, and would you consider bringing it back? Thanks. Uh, no, I will not bring it back. It became cliched and expected. Gotcha. I am not your puppet on a string. I said I'm not your puppet on a string. That was brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar, the best city's best seafood and chop house. Check out Chapino in the strip. Almost forgot. Mike Sullivan up next. Me tomorrow, then gone for a week. 105.9.